We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Monday edition, Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you this morning. Happy President's Day. A lot of you guys are uh, are off today. Some aren't, but maybe you're listening to headphones in your office, cubicle, wherever you are. We appreciate you wherever that is. We'll talk Ole Miss uh, baseball. They sweep Delaware to begin the uh, the season. The Blue Hens, not very good. Not very good at all, but Ole Miss 3-0. You got a four-game week coming up. Arkansas State tomorrow. JT Quinn making his first start, the freshman, and then uh, a top 15 Maryland team in town this weekend. The Terps, I think, took two out of three from South Florida over the weekend, losing on Friday, and then um, – winning on Saturday and Sunday. They, they've got a, quite the travel schedule. They were in Tampa over the weekend. They have a home game Tuesday. They're in Oxford Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they're in Minnesota with Ole Miss next weekend. So a lot going on for uh, for the Turtles there in, uh, in, in Maryland. Ole Miss basketball, women's basketball, both losing overtime games at the Pavilion over the course of the weekend. The men 69-61 falling to Mississippi State. No field goals the last three minutes of the game for the Rebels in that loss. And then the women yesterday had the ball for a final possession against number one South Carolina, who was undefeated this season, could not get a, really a shot off. They um, fall in OT by seven or so. So that and more coming up on the show. A show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know about lunch specials. You know about uh, the uh, the Sunriser next to the Oxford Crystal. And remember that you can uh, head on over also and get uh, – Entered into the contest to win some Ole Miss baseball tickets. Those are hot commodities around here these days, so you can do that as well. Just go to the website for uh, for Blue Sky, Oxford Exxon. Check them out on social media. You can retweet. You can enter. You can get a chance to win uh, tickets to every C- series finale at home this season. So that and more coming up. And, again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for our friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests will join 
uh, over the course of the week on the um, MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate executive, you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur who's just wanting to diversify. Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime uh, Rivals board member, diehard college football fan, franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses, uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your career and your life in your own hands. It's 100% free, nothing to lose. Uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net or uh, contact Andy anytime at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or call him at 404-973-9901. Yeah, the uh, exact detail for that is a chance to win four box seat tickets for every Sunday home game this season. Use the hashtag Rebel Ready, tag Oxford Exxon in that tweet to uh, to have a chance to win those. So that's why, where that is. A lot of stuff, a lot of clock stuff. I see even more coming out from potential football from Ross Dellinger this morning. Neil and I saw that right before it. Uh, we went live. Yep. Let's, just, let's, let's get clock stuff out of the way, actually. Let's do that. Tell me what Dellinger's saying, and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, let me pull that back up. Sure. Um, I lost it there for a second. So... Get my glasses. Getting old. Age sucks. Are they just readers? Yeah, they're just readers. Okay. I just finally hit it. Most people. I was fifty-two before I needed them. That's probably on the high side. You're probably, probably all right. So. I was probably in good shape. Like I ran twelve miles yesterday. I'm doing good for my age. Okay. Um. So, Ross tweets. You know, Frost tweets it. It's it's basically fact. College football leaders are moving closer to recommending clock rule changes meant to reduce plays in game for safety and game length reasons, sources tell Sports Illustrated. Under one proposal gaining wide support, the clock would run after a first down. The four proposals under consideration, uh, prohibiting consecutive timeouts, meaning like icing kicks, no untimed down at the end of the first quarter, third quarter, the clock runs after first downs like it does in the NFL, except for inside two minutes and a half. I hate that. I'll tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. Will. And clocks run on incompletions once the ball is spotted. Oh. Which would be significant in college football. Oh, that's huge. I, I didn't hear that one earlier. Um, I will tell you that I have heard from people that this is all going to pass. Look, let's, let, they're going to give you a bunch of safety reasons. TV is the actual reason here, no matter what they say. So, okay. Let's yes, because let's, let's get that real quick. Because yeah. people say, why are they doing this? Because TV is footing the bill. And TV is having a very difficult time scheduling. Because games that are supposed to last three hours and 15 minutes are lasting three hours and 47 minutes. And people say, well, what's the big damn deal? Well, if you're not the guy locked into your team and your TV and you're trying to plan the day and you're trying to appease the most customers and get the most ratings, the game that goes 30 minutes over, when you get to it, yeah, you go, well, you're streaming it. Okay, yeah, but what if it's 21 to nothing when you get there? No one's ever watching. So they they just need the games to follow the NFL model. They need the games to get in and out in a little over three hours. That's what they need. That's what they want. And frankly, it's what they're paying for. Three and a half hour windows with a little bit of pregame, a little bit of postgame, move on to the next one. Yes. That's but when the game, 11, 230. When six. the 11 game goes until 256, there is no pregame for the 230. 
or the whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kicks off. By the time people get to it, it's seven minutes into the first quarter. Okay, so let's take these one by one. Let's go through them because you have a couple good points in the stream. Let's just let's do it one by one. And now, are these being looked at independently or all as a group? I think it's individually. Okay, but I'm just going to tell you that I you bet expect all, them all. To I pass. bet they all pass. Okay, go ahead. All right, so one prohibiting consecutive timeouts. I got no issue with that. None at all. No untimed down at the end of the first quarter or the third quarter. I don't care. It's fine. Yep. Clock runs like it does in the NFL after first downs, except for inside the final two minutes and a half. I would run it even in the final two minutes of the halves. The NFL doesn't stop it in the second and fourth quarter. This is the one I actually don't like because, well, what they're doing, I tell you, I'm okay with it, but I'll tell you why. And we've talked about this. The college quarterback is not the NFL quarterback. So getting his team ready and going at the college level is completely different and not as skilled. Mm-hmm. So they're helping that out is what they're doing. They're they're creating a less frantic situation in the last two minutes of the half in the game. I, I have no issue with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Although I wouldn't mind forcing – this would force college coaches to coach the quarterback position a little bit more where the quarterback is more prepared where you're not, he's not having to look over to the sideline constantly for 8,000 signals. I don't know if they can. I don't know if the quarterbacks have the ability. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, and then, I, and, and, and part of this, and I, I think I'm right in saying this, so I'm just kind of setting you up. Part of it's because you hate when the game changes. Either play the yes. game or don't play the game. It's, it's, it's why I hate it's overtime. It's a lot like overtimes and penalty kicks and all that stuff. It's, it's play the game. I hate, I hate overtime. Game. I hate the way that college football does overtime. I have hated it since day one. And if anything, I've just grown to hate it more. That's a good point. NFL also has two minute warning. There's no two minute warning here. It's true. So, okay. You could put one in. Um, well, you could just go, hey, whatever the NFL clock is, we're doing that. It's professional sports, they keep saying. <laughs> Again, I, I got no problem, but go ahead. Clocks, this is the big one. Clocks run on incompletions once the ball is spotted. I hate it. Shoo, you changing the game now. You to- all the time? Up. Or just with outside two minutes? Clocks run on incomplete. Hold on. So you're telling me somebody can't throw an incomplete pass or throw the ball away to stop the clock with 30 seconds left. It'll, clock, stop, it'll stop the clock until the referee yeah, spots the it. ball. Hate it. I'd have to see. You are killing offenses in this. Maybe that's your goal. But remember, to get eyes, you need points. What they're doing is they're trying to speed it up. They're overcorrecting. Well, I, I would, they are overcorrecting. I would argue that's what they've done in baseball. They are overcorrecting. We'll get there in a minute. Yeah. This is... I hate that rule to a point that my blood pressure is going up. Hate it. What you have in the college game is so many of these teams that throw the ball 60 times a game. Yep. And 35 of those passes are incomplete. And the games go on and on and on and on. That's what you have. And so they're trying to figure out how the hell do we put this in a window? And the answer is you might not be able to. It might be the, it might be, you know, like when you're fat and you're trying to squeeze everything into a size 34 pant, it just won't go. Yeah. I mean, good point here. So you, if you down the football, you're only getting like three seconds. I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that, I mean, even the NFL goes, no, hold on a minute. This is dumb. Yeah, well, the NFL doesn't do this. Yeah, I mean, this is the last one's extreme. That's extreme. That's stupid. 
Coaches are going to go, hold on a minute. And then Leif has a great point. So we want to do all this, but we won't just put a freaking microphone in the quarterback's helmet to give him the play where you don't have to look to the sidelines? I'd be you want to that. speed things up, then put a freaking microphone in the quarterback's helmet. Is that because they can't get that technology everywhere? Siski says it's money-related in some way. I'll yeah. take his word for it. I don't know. They do it on every baseball freaking team. The catcher's wearing a headset. What's the difference? I know. This is stupid. The first three, I'm fairly okay with, even though I, whatever. Uh, let's see. A running clock after a first down would eliminate about seven to nine plays per game. A running clock after an incomplete pass would eliminate more than twice that number. Yeah, we're knocking almost 30 plays out of a game. It's it, the, the last one is stupid. This is dumb. I'm just reading to see if yeah, there's something good. here. Um, game length is more of an FBS problem. It is unclear if the clock rule changes would eventually be adopted by Division Two and Division Three. Because you notice in there, they don't say anything about too many commercial breaks or too many TV timeouts that are too long. If you notice that, they don't say that's what actually what's killing the game a little bit too here, guys. It is, but that's what's paying the bills. But actually, it's making for a worse product in person or watching because it is. it's fewer plays and now more timeouts. So what? the ratio of game link to well, the commercials product, the product in person are going sucks. to be completely different. The product in person sucks. I went to some in-person games this year. I went to the, the, the uh, Troy-South Alabama game. I went to the Las Vegas Bowl. I went to the Boise Bowl, whatever it's called, Famous Potato Bowl or whatever. Yeah. I went to some games as just a guy. And the TV timeouts in person, I don't know how you people stand it. It literally, it Timeout, kick, timeout. Two and a half minutes, yeah. two, two minutes and 40 seconds. I mean, at least in the press box, I've got my computer and I'm working. But if I'm just sitting there as I was at those games, what are we doing? In the stadium, it, I, I don't know how you people stand it. You're just baking in the sun for two hours and 40 minutes so that they can run a couple of Cialis commercials. But that's what's paying the bills. Yeah, more flopping is what you'll see in these rules because injuries are the one thing that will stop the clock. So get ready. Everybody going to fall over. Oh, yeah, God. Even more. Double it. Again, makes the product worse. It does. This is stupid. They are, they are making the product actually worse by doing any of this. Hey, what do we do to get more people to watch? Screw up the product. Okay, good. Thanks. Awesome. Kyle, thank you for the super chat. He says, carried me all the way to and from Disney. Glad that we, glad we were able to help. Um, yeah, short and a half. Eight minutes too long right there. Eight minutes. Yeah. Put bands. Okay, play two instead of four. I don't know. Sorry. Sammy likes the TV timeouts because of the hot mom and the Dr. Pepper commercials. She is kind of sexy. I'll give her that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it. Who's in charge of this? Is there some committee or commission or something? ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips is oh, the well, chair. Oh, well, we listen to the, him of everything. That, the, that, that's what I want to do is put the guy who's in charge of the ACC in charge of college football. It's supposed to be brought next month in front of the NCAA Football Playing Rules Committee in who's Indianapolis. On that uh, do we know? It doesn't say. The average FBS game last season stretched to three hours and 21 minutes, a three minute increase. 
from the year before and five-minute increase from 2018. So the, the trend is going up longer. That well eclipses the NFL average, which normally hovers around three hours, ten minutes. Game links in the NFL are much more consistent than college, which can vary and include some four-hour affairs. About one-fifth of FBS games this past year went longer than three and a half hours. NFL games average about 155 plays. The FBS averages about 180 plays. Okay. Um, Professional halftime span just 12 minutes. College halftimes are 20. Eight minutes right there. The replay system in the NFL relies upon a coach's challenge system, and the college system's horrible. FBS games see about 2.3 replay stoppages per game, a figure that continues to rise and has officials considering a coach's challenge system, something that seems likely in the future. Television commercials don't impact game time significantly. From 2018 to 2020, games not televised finished only about two minutes sooner than those televised. So pretty good work from Ross there. The NCAA Football's Rules Committee, by the way, and now obviously the chair is gone because that was David Shaw and he's no longer coaching. But uh, the rest of them... Somebody from the Big Ten Conference, somebody from the Rocky Mountain Conference. Tell me any school in the Rocky Mountain and you're already a conference, you're already ahead of me. Maybe Northern Colorado. Shenandoah University, Missouri Western State, Yale, Sol Ross State, Oklahoma, Stanford, blah, 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 yeah, whatever. Steve Shaw's on this thing. Texas State University, Southern Utah University, Ohio Wesleyan, and Westchester University. That, uh-huh. That's who I want deciding all of my, my FBS college football rules is that list of people. Again. There's a solution to this, and it's right in front of everybody, and that's a little more complicated because I can sit here in this studio and go, here's what I would do. But the Big Ten and the SEC could look each other in the eye and go, you know what? We're the same. Let's break away. We're going to run our own operation. The Big Ten could be a conference. The SEC could be a conference, and the winners could play in the big game. It would be super, you know? It would be super, huh? Yep. Terrific, magnificent. You could end up with 20, 20 and 20. You could even intersectional during the season. And then at the end of the year, you could have a little playoff up there and a little playoff over here. And the two survivors could play in the magnificent game. And it would make a gazillion dollars. And you could have your own rules. Grant makes a good point. You talk about changing the OT rules when LSU and AM played seven overtimes. The only thing is we enjoyed the seven overtimes. Yeah. But I get why the player I get why the coaches don't. Yeah, sure. You didn't have to do seven overtimes. Do the NFL playoff overtime. It's perfect. It's fine. Yeah, I'm good. No issues with it. Simple. Again, I don't hate it. And as at much the college do, game, someone's gonna flub a punt or whatever, and you're gonna win. Ball. Ball game. You could change, and, and I know you're going. Hold on, just do the NFL. Quit, change, put, quit, put putting lipstick on a pig. I get that. You could also just put the damn ball with the fifty instead of the twenty-five, and at least make them get into field goal range. Okay. Part of the problem with the college sure. overtime system is they're already in field goal range. And then once you get to the third, everybody's at the two and a half yard line. Well, yeah, nah, and I hate that. Nah, oh, I despise it. Yes, teams play all day, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, let's do two point play drills. It's, hate that. 
Stu- so stupid. The disconnect on this is it's TV fixing their own problem when TV is paying bills only because fans watch the games. Fans yeah. are actually the driver. Of course. So we're doing a bunch of stuff to annoy fans to mm-hmm. make more money off of the fans. Well, their their assumption, and so far they've been proven right, is that no matter what they do to it, the fans will continue to watch. And so far... What was that about dying at the Roots? Yeah, you don't... But I hadn't so, seen it today, huh? So far. I think I know something, but we'll see. I think the Roots are more dead than people think they are. This is an overcorrection to a level that is really dumb. Yeah. But the TV people do not want a three and a half hour game. And I understand. You got 11, you got 230, you got these time frames. And when the 11 o'clock game is still going at 230, it's frustrating for the TV people. I get it 100%. Because a football game is not supposed to last three hours and 42 minutes. It's not. And when you watch an NFL game and it's three hours and ten minutes, it's very clean. Feels It feels right. It does. Because it is right. It feels right. It does. They're better players. They are. It's more efficient. It's more professional. That's the problem. They're, they're, they're not. I mean, there is a disconnect between college player efficiency and this. It is. The, it's, it's a good setup for the baseball thing we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Is, is College athletes are not as efficient as pro athletes. Duh. Right. I mean, it'd be like doing this in high school and it would just be helter-skelter and going, oh my God, nobody sure. can get a playoff. Yep. There's no hand-raised guy, ever. Austin, thank you for the super chat. Says, um, give you a shout-out for the podcast with Riley Gaines. Really appreciate that. Yeah, it was, it was one that I was glad that I did. I expected a lot of pushback. I got very little. I say very little none. Got like two people. I, one was pissed off that I did it on... The day that baseball opened, then my well, res- I mean that's fair, that's sacred. I don't know. And I mean, my response hell. was, we had lots of baseball coverage, and I hadn't seen the team, so how how could I possibly add to that coverage? And that deals common sense. That's just common sense. If a six foot four man with genitalia and everything is going to race against women, he's usually going to win. He's going to win. Yeah. The last thing on this, though, is you keep saying, hey, and then you're, I'm not saying you, just in general. Everybody keeps saying, hey, the fans are always going to keep watching. The TV is still going to keep paying, too, though. They're going to broadcast freaking football. Yeah. I mean, so you're letting one side completely dictate something when they're not going away either. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nonsensical. It's It's ridiculous. Like it's, you said, a, it's a bastardization of the same thing where right now the student athlete just gets whatever on that side of the thing. It's like, hold on, where are they going? If you put more rules in, where are they going? Yeah. Nowhere. Well, that's what Tyler has been emphatic about this. He, he has no chance, but yes. Uh, I mean, you know, John Summerall said it without saying it on uh, McCready and Siski on Thursday. Basically yeah. that right now there are no rules. No, they're not. He said it's constant. I said, well, how many days off do you get? He goes, none. He wasn't complaining. Just, you know. Yeah. So we transition to baseball in a second. I'll tell you about uh, when your national champion's back 
in action. Show your support for their efforts on the field this season by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday. They're allocated in your blue priority point total, and they're up to 90% tax deductible. You can sign up today by visiting give2athletics.com slash donate or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. Also, a reminder, Morgan Wallen coming to Oxford to Vault Hemingway Stadium April 22nd, 23rd. Two nights there in uh, in Oxford, that Saturday night, that Sunday night. Tickets still available at great prices for both nights. You can get those at morganwallen.com. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. You can also order online at walkons.com or on their convenient Walk-Ons app. If you're in Oxford or Ridgeland, or the Jackson area, I should say, stop by the Oxford or Ridgeland uh, walk-ons today be a great place ncaa tournament that kind of thing as things get going so keep that in mind if you're in oxford or uh, jackson the college corner is your one-stop rebel shop two locations in the jackson area in ridgeland it's next to fleet feet and flowwood it's next to half shell you can also go to collegecornerstore.com plus you can find them on facebook and instagram uh, the largest selection of rebel gear in central mississippi uh the video version of my interview with Riley Gaines is up in the form of a hand-raised guys. It's brought to you by Comer Heating and Air and Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. It's starting to warm up a little bit. You want to get that uh, air conditioner checked. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, call the people at Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Podcast is brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you, including their most recent offering, the Orleans Barbecue Shrimp option. It's the uh, maybe the best one yet. It's my favorite. The signature is outstanding. It goes with everything, rice, veggies, pasta, or just for a meal or a snack for you. They come uh, to your door, ship straight to your door. If you're within 10 minutes, freezer to plate with primeshrimp.com. Let them take care of dinner tonight. They also have the two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp. I like what's at the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. So use code RG. That's a new code the last couple of weeks. Code RG. You buy five packs or more, 25% off, again, with primeshrimp.com. I'm just going to tell you, it's President's Day. You know why it uh, it falls on the day that it does, and it's, uh, it's not actually on a president's birthday. Is it? Between Washington and Lincoln's birthdays? No, so until 1971, it was uh, on George Washington's birthday, which is February 22nd. Okay. But they moved it when Congress passed the uh, Uniform Monday Holiday Act, which oh. allows people to have more three-day weekends. Oh. So that is why they uh, did that. Good move. I'm all good with that. I mean, you'd much rather have Monday than, like, Wednesday yeah, off. Yeah, of course. I mean, who the hell is that? Like, right. Okay, I can't do anything with that. So, Would you rather have Friday off or Monday off? Monday. Uh, my short answer was Monday, but now I'm thinking about it a little more. 
I think it's Monday because, and this is one of those mental things that you would do, is you would be frustrated on Thursday because you could have Friday, but as soon as like Friday at 2 gets to you, the mental gymnastics that would work out are going, hey, I've still got that other day ahead. Yeah. Instead of like Friday at 2 o'clock, if you had it off, you're going, well, hell, I could have gotten through today. Now I got to work on Monday. You always want the later one. You always want it on the back half. I guess so. I mean, you disagree? No, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, if you got stuff going on, I mean, like, a lot of people would go, no, I'd love Friday because I could have gotten to opening day at 4 o'clock or something. But just in general, when you're not worried yeah. about travel that is, that is going on. And Sunday's really nice when you know you don't have to work Monday. Yeah, it's an extra Saturday. Yeah. Whereas Friday is not an extra Saturday. It's still kind of... Yeah, like Sunday, like here, because Laura didn't have work and Carson doesn't have school. Like, we turned Sunday night into, like, a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had work. But. Yeah, I mean, I had work, but whatever. Yeah, I think it's Monday. I had to work. I had to do 10 thoughts. And 10 thoughts. Some days it's easy, and some days it's hard, and yesterday was hard. Was it? Just mentally. I'm tired of writing about the same thing over and over and over. Men's basketball? It's the way you write about it. Yeah. People keep trying to make storylines. There aren't any. Just news and notes-wise, in case you've been under a rock, uh, before I get into baseball, Jimmy Carter went into hospice on Friday or Saturday. So, um, 98 years old. 98. Has has overcome several major health conditions in the last uh, few years or so. So, uh, anyway, that's where, uh, where, where where that is at. He's not doing any more, uh, any more hospital stays. President his, Biden uh, is celebrating life. President's Day today in Ukraine. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, major, major gave a major gift to the Ukrainian. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll have. I mean, here soon, whenever that. we're going to fund their pensions. Do what? We're funding their pensions. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I saw the the note this morning. I where that I money comes from? I haven't read through that yet this morning. Didn't see that. Probably some taxes. Yeah, who cares? So we'll have five living presidents if whenever Carter does pass away or past presidents. Is that right? We have five right now. Bush, Clinton, Obama, Trump, Trump. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> what? Nothing. Okay. I'm just biting my tongue. All right. Uh, I think it's great that we just open the southern border, tax the hell out of people. Wonder whether we can afford Medicare and Social Security, but by God, we can fund Ukraine. Yeah, makes all the sense in the world. It's a show of support. Well, show of support would be, hey, go get them. Yeah. <laughs> We're rooting for you. We're for you. Yeah. Uh, we'll fund all of your pensions. Yeah. Feels like more than a show of support. Yeah. Um. Again, Delaware was not very good at all. Um, it was maybe the worst college outfield I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of bad baseball over the years. Yeah. They were horrid in the outfield. Um. But almost did what they're supposed to do. They outscored them thirty-five to six over the course of the three games. They win two of them in run rule fashion, and I was really upset. I thought we we're going to get three run rules, but Ole Miss offensively went a little bit into the tank in the middle innings on Friday and frustrated me. But they went eleven-two in that one, ten nothing, and then whatever yesterday was fourteen to four in the. Uh, I watched some of Friday. I'm not going to lie and tell y'all that I watched Saturday and Sunday. I didn't. I had other stuff going on. Um, but what you said is right. They took care of business. You don't know much about them based on that weekend 
they'll play better teams, a lot better teams. But they did what you're supposed to do. I mean, good teams play bad teams and just beat the hell out of them and get on with it. And that's what they did. But I don't know that you could, at the end of a weekend like that, come away going, okay, well, here's here's where they are. Yeah, you're not going, hey, book Omaha today. like Or, or not book Omaha. Yeah. Right, just did Here's what you saw. You saw that starting pitching wise, there are at least some possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. You've got um, you know, Hunter Elliott, you know what you're gonna get out of him. Grayson Sonia is incredibly talented, but he's a week behind from the standpoint of he was shut down last Saturday. Because of that, his pitch count was not there and needed a little more build up. I, you know, at his his velocity really fell off around 60, 65 pitches on Saturday. He was also geeked. I mean, he's going to overthrow a little early. You're going to sure. be juiced. He'll, he'll settle in. And then yesterday, a lot of potential out of Xavier Rebus, the uh, kid from D2 Indianapolis. Talk about geeked. I asked him after the game, said, hey, is that the most people you've ever thrown in front of? And he said, that's the most people I've ever thrown in front of combined. Um, he was – Yeah. I said, what's, what's a normal whatever? And he goes, I don't know, 20 parents. So he, he was just – he was kind of overwhelmed him a little bit. He'll sure. he'll settle in. It'll it'll be all right. Um, they're going to hit offensively. They are really good. Yep. Um, they are. They're they're incredibly good one through nine offensively. They've got some freshmen that are going to fight for time. The Furnace kid looked like his dad over the course of the weekend. Um, Uttermark hit a home run in his first at bat as well on I guess Saturday, whatever day that was that he that he did that. They, look, they've got pieces. If you want to say, hey, where is this thing? It's a very obvious thing. It is bullpen. Um, a couple people asked me last night, where do you think they are after three games? And as Neil said, you can't make any sweeping observations. But if I just had to put a guess on something, I think they are one arm short of being really, really, really good. Again, don't get me wrong. They're good. But they've got to have an arm emerge. Um, when when you lose Riley Maddox, when you lose Josh Mallets in that bullpen, they just feel – like they need something. It's why the, the starters are so important because Jack Doherty has got to be in the bullpen. If you move him to the rotation, you've got a severe bullpen issue. Right. So you got to find starters outside of Doherty. You know you're going to have Nichols. He didn't pitch over the weekend. He's going to be fine. And then Mike stressed to me multiple times, do not oversell this. It's still way early. But I thought there was no chance, and there's at least the possibility that Riley Maddox pitches toward the end of the season, that he's well ahead of schedule and that – Maybe. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you just throw it away, forget about it, and on May 1st, if you end up with another elite bullpen arm, then you end up with right. another elite bullpen arm. But it was telling that they redshirted and cut some other kids and active rostered him at the beginning of the season. He's on the 35, so just in case yeah, he's he's there. Make of it what you will. I know some of you go, oh, so April 15th. Maybe, just chill. It's all, it's all good. Just wait and see. Simple as that. Wait and see. It's fans don't like wait and see. Tell me what's going to happen. I don't know. That way, if it doesn't happen, they can yell at you. <laughs> uh, got through the weekend without much issue at all. I watched a little bit of of other teams around the conference. I watched two Tennessee games simply to root against the Volunteers over the weekend. They lose three to one to Arizona on Friday, and they lose to Grand Canyon four to three. I think on Saturday. It's it gets understated. Because they have so much pitching back, how much offense they lost. And they're without two of their best players. The the kid from BYU was uh instillably ineligible for the weekend. Like they were they were kind of thrown together a little bit. They're going to be fine. Oh, they're damn good on the mound. They're they're going to be really Dollander good. and Burns and it's a it's a mess one too, but 
LSU is going to be very good. They didn't play anybody, but they're going to be very good. Um, but even in week one, Tommy White got banged up a little bit. I mean, yeah. they are one arm injury from a problem. Sure. I, I know most teams are, but I'm just saying there is an, there's this kind of national perspective like, oh, God, this LSU team is the best team ever, and they're unbeatable. And it's like, no, they're one injury. If well, and, and they've lost a starting pitcher already. Yeah, Grant um, Taylor's out for the you year. You saw that over the weekend. Arkansas's lost a starting pitcher. You saw that over the weekend. They were a pitcher in the rotation short. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot that it's look. It's February. It's February twentieth. You, you can't make. Oh, last year Ole Miss still had not gotten to number one before they ended up dead last in the SEC. Like, there's yeah. plenty of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought the bigger story from the baseball weekend wasn't who played who and who won and who lost because none of that matters really. It just doesn't. Uh, I mean, Tennessee is not going to be negatively impacted by losing to Grand Canyon at the end of the day if Tennessee. Well, Ranking is pretty good. Yeah, if Tennessee steamrolls through the SEC, the loss to Arizona is not going to impact them. If Arkansas gets hot, the loss to TCU is not going to impact them. It's not hurting them even in the slightest. Um, so you know those those states games, lost to VMI is funny, but it's that's it, all it is. Well, no, it's a sign they have a problem. <laughs> we can go and, there or not go there, and it might be. I turned that. No, no like I, I'm. I know we're talking clock. I'm gonna let you get there in a second. But I turned this thing on on Saturday. I got home. And I was, because I'm a sicko, I was flipping around for college baseball, and all I could find was state VMI, and I was like, oh, God, do I care? Because I didn't realize VMI had come back. And then I flip it on, and VMI's like, I guess, down 12-10 at that point after being down 10-1 to or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I can't take my eyes off of it. I'm staring at this because state, VMI scored 13 runs on five hits. VMI stole 11 bases on 11 attempts. By the way, State's catcher last year allowed 13 stolen bases the entire season. 11 to VMI over the course of that one day, State couldn't pitch. They couldn't play defense. They, they've got a pretty good bullpen, and by God, they're going to need it because they have no starting pitching. And that is not a good sign for this league as no, the thing moves forward. Now, they the can SEC hit, West. and maybe they find some dudes, but right now, their starting pitching is mediocre at best, and that is not a good recipe. Not in, not in the West. Not when you got to play the – the teams at the bottom of the West, Alabama, Auburn, maybe Arkansas, all of those teams can – Bama's pretty good. They can do things. Bama's pretty good. It's just – Butch is going to find a pitcher. There's just no bad teams. No, and if you're rating those teams today, and again, February 20th, February yeah, sure. 20th, sure. State is the worst team in the West. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And you can pile up losses that way. I mean, it's just... That, that was, again, it's one day, but it's the way it looks. It's You have a hard time throwing strikes. You're having to use a bunch of pitchers and hoping they're all kind of on that day. I mean, VMI was 16-40 and 40 last season. Yeah. It's not – that wasn't like somebody just kind of got you today. I mean, I know Ole Miss has lost to UNA and all that stuff, but there's a difference on a midweek Tuesday and on a Saturday opening weekend where you've got a starter who oh, just of course. can't get strikes. Of course. So, we'll see. I mean, look, Lamonis is a really good baseball coach. Anybody talking about he's on a hot seat, shut up. Oh. He's a, he's a, he, he's, he's a hell of a baseball coach. He's he'd a have, hell of a baseball coach. 20 job offers within five minutes. He, he can easily he can fix it. I'm not giving up on state, but today on February 20th, they, they, they're, in a, they're in a weird mess there. I mean, I, you and I, I Missouri had, beat Texas over the weekend. Yeah. If the Tigers start beating people too, and I mean, it's – you and I had te- Texas went zero three. I was going to say I think Texas lost all three games. They did. Um, yeah, that was with some weird scores in that over the weekend in, in that, that in that Arlington deal. Thing. Yeah. Um, well, you just saw where a team got hot and in a game and scored a bunch of runs, and the other team was like, "F it." Did TCU go three and zero? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what T- TCU. I don't know who. I don't know. I know they beat. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. They were two and zero, but I don't know what they did yesterday. Yeah. Go ahead. But I thought this. I thought the story all weekend was the clock. So Ole Miss played a game with thirteen runs in two hours and forty three minutes on Saturday or Friday. Sorry, that was the only game that went a full nine innings. Is why that's my only complete point of reference. Right. Yesterday was a little slower, but there was some. It just look. Some games are just slower. Some things happen. The clock for the most part, is a really, really good rule. It is a welcome change compared to where it was before. It's a positive. The couple things that you saw... TCU, for the by the way, lost to Missouri, 9-8. to eight. Oh, so Missouri went 2-1 two and one in that bad boy. Look at the Tigers. Really? Yeah. So Kentucky is the worst team in the East, potentially. Um, based on one weekend, yes. yes. Well, and based on their rosters. Yes. I'm, 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 Kentucky is not about to go win the win the league. Because, uh, like, Vanderbilt got popped really good on opening day and then beat the hell out of somebody the next two days. That's weird. T- TCU blows out Vanderbilt, blows out Arkansas, loses to Missouri. Probably not how they had their 2-1 and one going for the weekend. Probably wasn't it? not what they saw coming. Anyway, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So, the two things I saw from the clock gameplay standpoint. One, it was – and this is across the league. I didn't watch any – the only thing I watched outside of the SEC is on Friday night I watched a little bit of Stanford and Cal State Fullerton. So – 
you saw what teams prepared the best for the clock over the course of the weekend. Um, now, look, if you're in closer games, you're going to be a little more high strong. It's going to matter a little more. So you have to at least factor that part in. Ole Miss was really prepared for the clock. They It did not seem to be a big deal. Mike has stressed it maybe more than he stressed much of anything over the course of the years, and, and, and they handled it. There was a little bit of a mess up yesterday. I think Jordan Vera was on the mound, one of the refreshment relievers, but I also think the clock operator made some mistakes. It just got a little weird for a minute where Mike's yelling about that's not the right clock, and it kind of got it kind of got all screwy. But for the most part, I thought Ole Miss handled it well um, and you saw Tennessee not handle it well at all. My guess is that Tony Patello just didn't think they were going to push it as hard as they pushed it and did not stress it, or Tennessee is just a bunch of jackasses as they always are, and that's what happened, one or the other or both. Um, So you saw that, and then if anything, if I'm really nitpicking it, and I think it's where Neil's going, it felt rushed a little bit. And now is it strictly the time – that is rushing it because players are too conscious of it and they are rushing. Because I was watching, and Delaware helped to this, because Delaware multiple times never, I mean, you got to be in the box kind of all the time anyway, but they were ready to hit immediately. I mean, literally the Delaware batters would take the swing, stand up, and ready to go. There were at least 30 to 40 pitches on Saturday where not the clock at 10 seconds. Between pitches, they were fewer than 10 seconds. I mean, it was just get the ball, go, 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 go. I do think you can tell your players, take a breath. Calm down a little bit. Relax. It's going to be okay. And they they weren't doing that. It was very, very, very – players were stressing about the clock. So I want to see what it looks like in three weeks when they're a little more used to it. And maybe they take those extra three, four seconds, and maybe that makes the gameplay feel a little better. But – it felt rushed, and it felt like you know baseball is so big on breathe and time between pitches and the flow to it, and the flow just felt scattered to me a little bit. I did not think that, I, I did not think the gameplay was completely good from a uh, from a clock standpoint. Yeah, I, I think they've overcorrected. They needed to speed it up. It felt like it was rushed. It just felt like it was a little more frantic than you want baseball to look. That was it. I was. I told you before. It's, you, you, you see the difference between like the fan who just hates all the rivals. You're setting up Arkansas and A and M before you do that. Well, 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 yeah. Like what Van Horn said. He he did the hyperbolic thing where it's ruining the game. Like no, it's not ruining the game. But I, I did get what he was trying to say, which was sometimes, especially with men on base, and he was being specific about with men on base. You're trying to kind of set up coverages, maybe as a your a hitter's approach at one two is different than a hitter's approach at three one, and so sometimes you're trying to maneuver some things, and he's like, "There's just no time to do it." Well, but I'll set it up. I've, I've got a counter to that. I'll tell you one second. First, we do that team about G N M Pharmacy six six two two three six two 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 two. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Do your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivered. You have everything you need when you need it with G&M. They also transfer your medications. That's really easy. They do one call, and they take care of the rest. So whether it be Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs or G&M in Oxford, that's 662-236-2222. Brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S. 
inside Mississippi, as a matter of fact. If you take diabetes, high blood pressure medication, or cholesterol medications, they typically cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But uh, Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support. Puts those vitamins back into your body, helps with those side effects, keeping you more compliant in taking your medications, which helps you stay healthier over the long term. It's available in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all across Mississippi, or on their website, solutionsrx.com, promo code OEP at checkout to get 10% off your first order. It's prime sock season, and our friends over at Dead Soxy have introduced their BOGO winter sale. Right now, when you put two sock bundles, when you buy two sock bundles, you get the second bundle 50% off, or you get a free pair of socks with any single pair that you purchase. To get the deal, just put any two bundles or any two pairs of socks in your cart and apply the code REBELGROVE. If you've got bundles in there, it'll take 50% off the least expensive bundle. If you've got two pairs of socks in your cart, it will make the least expensive pair free. So head over to deadsoxy.com, stock up on your incredible winter sale, and as always, stay soxy. Game Changer Patches, sponsor my 10 Weekend Thoughts, which are up at rebelgrove.com. The patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And we're brought to you by ACS, Automation Control Systems, LLC. It's owned by Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff, a UL508A panel shop, and much, much more. To learn more, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Podcast also brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, johnsonhillcreamery.com, 662-419-9201. You can email them at cheese at johnstonecreamery.com, and you can make most of your shopping done right there online. Go to the website, peruse around, desserts, many different options. They make all their cheeses locally and in-house, or just stop on in. They have a great house mustard that uh, you put on much of anything. There's so many different options there with Johnson Hill Creamery. That's johnstonehillcreamery.com. Again, it's on White Oak Lane, just off Molly Bar in Oxford. That's 662-419-9201. One. Well, you know, here, here's the deal. Here's what's happening a little bit. And, yeah, I get it. There's no doubt because it's the one thing Mike was talking about. He thought that it would happen the most when you had a runner on second, catchers trying to communicate signals and move people around. Yep. You step off once and you can't do it again, and suddenly there you go, ball strike, and it is what it is. But what I noticed from the weekend, and this was every team, pitchers were forgetting they can step off and reset the clock. So you can get 40 seconds once. Whenever you want it, just step off. Per it's hitter. fine. Yeah, per hitter. Right. Set your defense and move on about your day. Everybody seemed to forget that part right. of the rule over right. the course of the weekend. It's week one, whatever. And then also, just flick a ball over to first. You can pick as many times as you want. Unlike Major League Baseball, which we can tie in in a minute, you get kind of unlimited things. It's just going to take a minute. I thought I understood the coach's frustrations, or at least I understood Van Horn slash Nagel gets hyperbolic all right. the time. It gets on my nerves. But – there is a way to fix this that is pretty easy and calm, and I feel like we're just kind of yelling to yell right now. I kind of felt for Van Horn a little bit. I didn't watch the game because it was on Flow Sports, and I wasn't about to subscribe <laughs> to Flow Sports, but 
<laughs> in the press conference, his team had just lost. I yeah. think I think his words would have rang differently had it been after one of the two wins. Yeah. Because they beat Texas, they beat Oklahoma State, they lose to TCU in between. They went two and one. Okay. Yeah. All right. But he got asked about it. He didn't bring it up. He got asked about it. And so you could almost see his face go, ah, oh, damn it. They're going to misinterpret this as me being pissed off about a loss. And look, he didn't worried about a loss to TCU on February, the whatever it was. But then he gave his answer that he didn't like it, specifically that part of it. And I was like, yeah, I get that. And I knew immediately when I saw it, I'm like, I know what the message board responses are going to be, which is, ah, oh, you got your ass kicked, blah, blah, blah. And that's like, no, nah, that ain't it. Baseball coaches, any more than Mike's going to be pissed off if they lose one of the Maryland games. Yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. You know, it, it, but they're looking at it going, I've got to address this. And to Mike's credit, I, like you said, I think his team was more prepared for it than maybe some of the others who well, thought. Well, his thought was, look, just in case they are frantic like they say, let's be ready, and then if they loosen up, great. Then yeah. forget it, but let's go here. And I think the expectation of some of the other older coaches, veteran coaches, yeah, was, nah, they're not going to do this. They've talked about this stuff before, and they never do it. And my anticipation is that as the season goes on, it gets less and less enforced. I could be wrong, but that's what I expect. Well, because at some point, muscle memory kicks in, so you hope that the game gets sped up without the consequence. Right. That everybody's aware enough to... Now, the problem with that is the clock's on the wall. So the other coaches looking at it going, hold on. Right. Zero. Right. Got a problem here. Or Schlossnagel, and again, when you're the biggest offender mm-hmm. with the old problem, you don't get as much say sure. to gripe for sure. the deal. Sure. No, I've... Paid far more attention to Corbin and Van Horn yeah, than yeah, I did yeah, Schlossnagel. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Schlossnagel, whatever. Right, sure. If Tennessee didn't exist, A&M would be the most annoying team in the league. Sure. But that's my, kind of my point. So, Ben McDonald laughing at it. If anybody missed this, I think Rob Friedman put this out. Ben put this out. It was a play from Friday night, Arizona, Tennessee. And the Tennessee kid, who's very, very high strong, his name's... Christian's, I think, something. He's it's, it's slipping my mind right now. He starts calling for time frantically. He's yelling. He's putting his hand back. I mean, he looks like he's about to have a coronary out there calling time. Umpire doesn't give it to him. Pitch comes. He's walked. Takes the base. Turns around and yells at the umpire. And how he was not thrown out there is beyond me. There is a little bit of Tennessee almost intimidates umpires. When If you just throw the kid out right there, we'd all calm down and move on about our day. Yeah, But whatever. That's fine. The umpire followed the rule correctly. He did. He had no major issue to call time. The way the rule sets is once that time hits where the batter has to be in the box, that's it unless a contact falls out or there is a something safety-related happens where you go, okay, we need to stop play. And even when you stop play, you just pause the clock and then restart it and play from there. So everybody keeps going, no, 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 the pitcher was stalling. The pitcher was well within his right to wait inside his 20 seconds. There is no pitcher stalling anymore. Right. So the umpire's looking at the guy going, no, we're go play. That, so how so does that work if four pro- seconds on the clock a fly flies into your eye? That's a contact where when the wind blows, a contact can get weird. Well, because then that gets weird to the pitcher because even if you get the time called, the pitcher has four seconds. I know. I don't I don't know. Again, <laughs> there's some common sense that's lacking in it. So Ben's laughing at Tennessee here in his tweet. He goes, not going to be easy getting used to these new rules in college or MLB. Laughing, hang in there. 
Schlossnagel quote tweets this. This is what bugs me. Is yeah. He picked a terrible example. Mm-hmm. Because this was a Tennessee kid acting like an asshole. Right. The umpire followed the rule completely. There was really no interpretation issue here. But even the announcers didn't understand. If you listen to the audio, the announcers are going, oh, my God, they're not giving him time. It's like, did you do any prep this week, guys? Nope. Any? Nope. I mean, uh, this. Uh, you know the answer to that. Yeah, this is whatever. So Schlossnagel says, total joke, only college baseball changes the rules every year. Not fair for anyone involved, including umpires, players, and coaches. Any organization with any sort of feel would adjust now. What 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 are we doing? Well, and he's the guy on the other side that doesn't get that there's a problem. In his world, there's no problem. If the game lasts four hours and six minutes, it just lasts four hours and six minutes. He's not understanding that the TV people, again, full circle, the TV people are saying, y'all want us to put more of these games on television, and we can't. They last too long. Mm-hmm. That's their answer. Figure out a way to make them three hours. We can't. They don't register in the ratings because people don't watch that. It drags. And I would challenge you, most of our people are Ole Miss fans, and now maybe they fixed it where this challenge wouldn't work, but last year it would have. Go two weeks and watch college baseball. Watch a lot of it, but don't watch Ole Miss. Make yourself not watch Ole Miss because you're cheering for your team then. Watch the other games. Watch games outside of the SEC and tell me that it's a great riveting product. They had to speed it up. I think they've overdone it a little bit, but look there. They got the games in under three hours. Games happen quickly. If you were just kind of following along on some games, you noticed that, oh, man, they're in the fifth inning. They're in the seventh inning. Yeah. Um. They they achieved their goal, and that was the goal. The goal is to make it more watchable for the guy at home, and to do that, you've got to put it in a window, and the window has to have a firm, firm walls to it, holding it in place, if you will. Last year, there were a bunch of games, and A&M was a major, major violator of all three old Miss A&M games last year went over four hours. They did it all the time. And it was them. It was them. Yeah. It's just, it's too long. In the College World Series, they were slow. That's why I paid more attention to Vanderbilt and Arkansas talking about yeah, it. Because they just play. Both of them, kind of pace of play was pretty normal. Yeah. No, because you're telling me, like Van Horn's argument, Mike's argument about the catcher and all the stuff. Okay. That, that's legitimate. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. figure out why that game play. Because that's just, all he was saying. Was, yeah. Not just, oh, well, let me step out whenever I want. Okay. Shut up, Jim. Like, no, that, yeah, there's a runner on second, and I'm trying to communicate something to the catcher so that he can communicate it out to the end. He's like, we just don't have time. He wasn't saying, this sucks, we should change it. He goes, well, I got to figure it out. I, I got to, yeah, he goes, frankly, I think it's kind of ruining the game. And then he did come back and go, but we're, we're going to figure it out. We're going to work on it. You could tell he was like, couldn't you have asked this last night? But that's not what happened. I think the wristbands are all number coded and they just give out whatever and then they all can look at the same time. I'll, I'll get a little clarification on that. I don't know exactly. There's several different systems. I don't know exactly which one they're using. Right. Um, but yes, I mean, college baseball more than, I mean, it's why college football is so stupid here that you could speed this up with headsets and things. College baseball has gotten pretty adaptive on figuring out the fastest way to get all the calls to everybody at the same time. You're not hand signaling into the catcher who's then hand signaling because you don't have time for that crap anymore. 
you got to get the call to the pitcher right. as fast as possible now, too. I mean, frankly, you need to get it to all nine players at once. Where if you have a bunt coverage, it's just, hey, wristband, four, five, six, seven, eight, or whatever it is, and, and, and go from there. So, And that's what people will figure out. It, it's I anticipate it's going to get enforced a little more lax over the course of the season, but that it's going to speed things up. And at the end of the day, they probably probably will have figured it out to, to a degree. Yeah, State, like I said, that game was stupid. There were 25, 27 runs, 15 walks, so many stolen bases, and still with all that, the game was like 327. Yeah. That game would have been 415 oh, last year. Yeah, and that's the game that the TV people look at and go, see? I can't do that. Can't do that. Give me two softball games instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play two softball games. We're going to get those done in four hours. Yeah. Softball games going 205, 210, and it's out. Going to move real quick. Going to get in and out. Done. You're going to hit the ball. going to play defense. We're going to throw them out, and we're going to move yeah. on with our day. Hard to broadcast a game where you just got thrown into it. It's not, you know, you're a national guy or a regional guy, and a game goes four hours and seven minutes, and it's dragging and dragging and dragging. It's hard to make that entertaining, especially if it ends up being, you know, 12 to four. It's just dragging, and that was a lot of that last year. With an A and M was a major offender. I think I watched an A and M LSU game. It felt like it. It felt like it was never going to end. I mean, I remember leaving and coming back to the house, and they'd only played an inning. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess LSU swept Western Michigan. I would assume. Yes, I did not see the. They did that. The kid that transferred from Air Force. Paul Skeens. He got some stuff now. He does. He's good. He's going in the first round. If his his arm, first pitch was 98, 99, something like that. Yeah, he was consistently 97 and stuff was moving and he's good. He's legit. I'm just curious what he does week after week. He's heading I mean he, he look, he's incredibly talented. He'll figure it out, but he's just He's played one game of consequence in his college career and lost it. Yeah. So you're just curious what that looks like over the course of 14 weeks. Yeah, I was more interested in him for like a professional no, I know. potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the major league baseball people were stared dro- at him, probably like, oh, drooling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mentioned it in the opener. Ole Miss women uh, falling to South Carolina 64-57 yesterday at the Pavilion. I'm pretty sure it was an all-time women's basketball record crowd for Ole Miss. Uh, 65-63 was the uh, the attendance for that. So uh, they did that. They had the ball. Like I said they had, had the ball with 24 seconds left and a tied game against number one South Carolina. For anybody not familiar with with South Carolina, they're basically the new UConn. They've won two national titles in a row. They're, Don Staley's built a powerhouse there. And uh, in, in Columbia, um, Ole Miss didn't really get a shot off. South Carolina almost actually made the shot with a second and a half left. They, I, thought, I thought off the hand it was in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was, then, and she got fouled. The Ole Miss girl got fouled. You're not going to get that call. And I think the reason she didn't get it, the call, was because I don't know whether she got tripped or tripped. Yeah. But she she was flailing. Appeared to be a little out of control when she was sort of pushed down. You just – not going to get that call. She was fouled. Yeah. But you're not going to get that call. Yo was actually more frustrated with I don't maybe remember it, these possession before she thought there was a foul mm-hmm. that they didn't call and convert right there, which would give them the chance to take in the lead with like thirty seconds to go or something. I think I agree with that. 
Okay. That was actually, she actually never mentioned foul on the last possession. She thought the one before was the one that was that was critical there. I turned it on at halftime when I saw the score because I was like, well, if they win, this is probably going to be a really big story. And I had I had basketball there, and I had the Daytona 500, believe it or not, on my other TV. I actually watched most of the Ricky Daytona Stenhouse 500. Ricky Stenhouse wins, he by did. the way. Tell that stuff I don't understand. I know we're jumping around. I yeah. don't understand the NASCAR overtime. They had an overtime, then they had a big wreck. Yeah. Then they did another overtime, and they had a big wreck. But that was it. It was like, well, <laughs> cool, but I don't like. So it turns out that the race was decided ultimately right in front of the wreck, and it was just a matter of who led at the moment that they hit the caution. Yeah. And Stenhouse was ahead, barely. It was fine. I'm am not, I not? Am I crazy here? Because I, 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 I was forced in house. I wanted him to win, but I'm like, well, how do you? So how does it end now? Help like, me, I don't, people. I don't know the Before rules. these rules, if you had a caution at the last lap, wasn't there like a final sprint? Help, help me here, yeah, people. So, like, so, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. so they did that. Yeah. So they set it up where hey, we're gonna have a two lap race. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so as soon as they dropped the green flag on the two lap, I mean, literally, like it took no time at all. Another wreck. All the energy had built up behind it, and boom, 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 looked like bumper cars. And so we had to wait again, and then, okay, well, we're going to do it again. And I'm like, okay, so two laps. And they did. They went one lap good, and they got into the last lap, and they had a big wreck behind it, and that's when they hit the button. And so I'm like, okay. But so if they're on the last lap, and the wreck was behind them, why would you not just finish the lap? They're not in danger. You know I what I mean? Yeah, I, They're I know. Gone, so go. I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's they, the last lap. I don't know why they hit the caution. I guess because there's so much stuff going on that you want everybody to slow down. I don't know. It was bizarre. I mean, yeah, I get not wanting to fin- finish under a caution, but just keep doing it until you don't have a caution. That's. I mean, we're already, we've already been here like four hours. What's another eight minutes at this point? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Because by so, that time, Carson had come outside because we were going to watch the NBA All Star game the draft and stuff, which by the way is genius. Um, and he kept saying, so how does this work? And I'm like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but I'm interested. Yeah. And he's like, so it's over. And I'm like, I think so. And he said, why? And I said, I don't know. Seems like there's a better way to do it. But it felt like every time you restarted, you were going to have more wrecks, yeah, yeah. which was crazy because the first half of the race, they basically stayed in the two by two the whole way. It looked like a procession. Mm-hmm. Nobody. It was actually kind of interesting because there was no. They stayed under green for a long time. I've now watched more NASCAR in one day than I've watched in years combined. I have no idea why I watched. Didn't know who all the people were. Right. Didn't recognize the names. But it was. It was interesting. Okay. Uh, is it Waltrip that's the broadcaster? Probably. I don't know, but probably. He makes me laugh because he starts talking about, there's no way all these Fords are going to let those Chevys in or whatever. And you got some Camrys. And I'm like, wait, wait. So they got teams. Yeah. But all the teams are the same. I guess if you're on the same team, you're all on the same Ford or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, I can explain that if you'd like me to, but it'd no. probably be bad pie. And we can, I just laughed at it. It was funny. I mean, if we need to get our, we need to get Tommy in on for the. And it might be why I like NASCAR a little bit okay. lately is because the broadcasters are are pretty damn good. Yeah. They do a really good job. Yeah, that's fair. And they're they're entertaining. Yeah. Um so anyway, I don't know how we got all the way around there, but uh point being if you if you 
were interested in yesterday, if you watched and cared, um, I know Yo's press conference is on the site, on the message board somewhere. She was emotional, um, kind of felt for her there from the standpoint of she really looks up to Don Staley, getting that environment, trying to win one of these when everybody shows. They've been so close on getting the big crowd in and having kind of that celebration of a program that is resurrected in some ways, and they just hadn't been able to pull off that win in those big games. They played the hell out of LSU and Kim Mulkey and Baton Rouge earlier yeah. in the week. They And they're also – I mean, they kind of got a little bit of a schedule issue. They, it was their third game in seven days. They played Monday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, so they had a lot of schedule kind of stuff. And, I mean, played Carolina as well as anybody's played them all year at this point. Literally. Um, yeah, I mean, it was right there. Um, she said – she admitted that, hey, once it goes to overtime, they're so experienced, you felt like, okay, that's – we 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 had it. That was our shot. You had to you had to get them with a bucket right there when you when you could get it. Yeah. Um, but look, they're completely fine from a tournament standpoint. They're oh, in the lock. NCAA tournament, and if they get the right draw, they could be a very easily a second weekend team. I, I don't know women's basketball. I'll tell either. you what that would look like. But if you can play South Carolina at overtime, you can beat a seven seed or somebody and get to the tournament. Get to the next weekend. I so, haven't watched a ton of Ole Miss's women's team. It's probably a failure on my part. They're better on defense than I realized they were. They're, they're really, they're really good. good. They really guard you. Um, they muddy the game up. Yep. Sometimes offensively, it's kind of muddy too. But look, she inherited a hey. program that had no pulse. Yeah. The train wreck of all train wrecks. And yesterday on a Sunday when there was baseball in town, and it was a beautiful day outside. I mean, I lit a fire and lit the grill and – and the scheduling was smart. They let baseball get over. Yeah, but my point was they got 6,500 people in that arena, which I assume we're going to talk about the men for a minute. Shows you that the stuff about no one's going to support basketball is total crap. It's total crap. It's yeah, just they, not yeah, true. They showed up with the women yesterday. If they'll show up for a women's game, again, it's South Carolina. I get it. But it was a beautiful day outside. People didn't have work today. A lot of people didn't. It was a perfect day to light the grill and do those things outside because it felt like spring. They got 6,500 people there. She's fantastic at marketing. I understood she was out at the baseball game begging people in left field to, to come. No, you get why she resonates. She shows up, she asks, she's in she yep. in, she's energetic, she's recruited well. I mean look, there's a there's a there's a there's a theme here. This is a path that Bingo. is doable for any sport. Any sport. This what? is not a women's basketball nope. conversation. Nope. The new men's coach frankly needs to emulate emulate a lot of stuff Yo is doing right a now. A lot. She's she's done all of that stuff and people are starting to respond to it. Because and, and, and they're also winning. Because yeah. <laughs> people if they were going into yesterday's game and Carolina was going to beat them by 38, then nobody shows up. So I get why she's emotional. I get why she's upset. And I understand that she would love to win one of these. But taking that team to overtime, there are no moral victories. But, boy, that's as close that's, as you can get to one. I mean, that was right there. Well, because now, no matter who you play, your your team's not in to go, hey, hell, you have to, yeah. we did that with Carolina. There's no there's no Aaliyah Boston over here for that whoever that team is. For her sake, winning a tournament game would probably resonate, you know, oh, getting into sure. a second round and, and maybe even a Sweet 16 where you're like, Because they hey, ran look, into a matchup nightmare last year against South Dakota yeah. and just got Hoosiered to death, basically. And it was and, their first time in it. Eyes were probably big. Mm-hmm. Tournament's weird. You can get a wrong draw, but no kudos to her because that's 
she's done a really good job. And she put a product on the floor that was incredibly competitive against the absolute standard in her sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than competitive. They were yeah. balling. I mean, the- Carolina has, has already beaten the hell out of UConn and LSU this yeah. season. Yeah. LSU didn't do that to them. I mean, if you told me to pick the national champion, I'm picking South Carolina. Oh, yeah, sure. They're going to win it. I mean, odds are. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have a bad day, but odds are they're going to win it. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the One Yig, the Powers, the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's N-E-Spark.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So call the office for details about Lafayette County, also parts of Union and Pontotoc counties for those who do not previously have internet. Again, that's 662-238-3159. We're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Whatever your jewelry needs are, they've got you covered at the gold standard in fine jewelry. It's LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We're brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Jackson, Mississippi. Clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about spring break, summer vacation, it's getting to be that time. Get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He's going to give you options that uh, you might not find on your own. You want to do, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. It's 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. Another uh, weekend of baseball and basketball in town. If you're coming in, stop by OPA. Make it a part of your weekend right there on the square. It's the newest Greek restaurant. Perfect place. For you to uh, spend some time, uh, enjoy their fabulous menu, fabulous craft libations as well. Again, that's at OPA on the square in Oxford. I'll have a mailbag to you at some point on Wednesday. That's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Uh, if you're on the job hunt, they can help you. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. It's always free for the candidate, and it's uh, your payment of service is solely contingent on if your company decides to hire a candidate that they send. So you've got nothing to lose. Give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832. 5138 or check out their new and improved website service specialist ltd.com don't just accept what you see but imagine something new step forward chase after a better version of yourself every day corinth dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time dr bubba mcqueen and dr jenny beth hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures including invisalign these clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And don't forget about Southern Traditions Farm. 
It's a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions Farm. Horseback riding lessons. Uh, you can compete in championships and everything in between. Uh, get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Did you see where, um, well, first before I do that, how do you think the Saban barbecue sauce sells in Alabama? I see Dasher put it out on Twitter. They've got Nick's Sweet Home Saban sauce now People for sale. pour it on everything. Even even after Georgia wins back-to-back titles? Yeah, they'll, they'll still bathe in it. Think so? Yeah. Looks almost kind of really severe tomato based. It doesn't it look it looks a little too thick for my taste. Roll tide. <clears throat> Is it? They'll people pour it in their bathtubs. I think it's like some conspiracy. It's probably exactly what's like at Dreamland or somewhere. They just put it in a different bottle and they get some proceeds back to one of the store stores or something. If, if so, it's smart. Yeah. Find yeah. a way to market that bad boy through Mama, this is this is what Coach Saban puts on his barbecue. That's all he had to do. One commercial. That's it. When I enjoy barbecue. When Terry and I have the ribs. <laughs> mama, if Coach Saban puts... We got to go get some of that, Mama. It's a lot of money to Nick's Kids Foundation. See where the uh, John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, uh, helped save somebody's life over the weekend, potentially? saw that. He was uh, eating lunch with his wife, Jessie, at uh, Clear Sky Draft House in Dunedin. There, uh, where their spring training site is for the Blue Jays, a woman at uh, a couple tables over was choking on a piece of shrimp and said he casually, kind of calmly, just got up, walked over, asked if he could be of assistance, and then homlicked her until it uh, said it took two two hugs or whatever for it to pop on out. How about that? I thought the most interesting part was like, yeah, I mean, you know, she said thank you and went back to eating her lunch. I guess that's what you do. I mean, hey, all right. Well, that was that. I was mean, that. Crisis averted. Might cut the next piece of shrimp up a little smaller, but I would think otherwise, all good there. My but my favorite part of the story was his wife's like, yeah, he was so calm. It was like he was uh, he was managing a wild card game, and I went even their they, even their expectations are only on wild card games, huh? <laughs> like that, that's that's where we're going here. Was it playoff game or ALCS or World Series? That was like he was in a wild card game. You gotta think when the when the Blue Jays come to town to play the Rays later this year, she'll the woman that oh. Yeah. Choked. She ought to probably go to the game and cheer for the cheer for the Jays. Cheer for the Jays a little bit. Get maybe, a cap, maybe and buy a cap or something. Yeah, the Jays any good? Yeah, they'll be good. They just played a really tough division. That division's a beast. Yeah, and getting beastier. I mean, that, the Orioles are not shitty anymore. I really wish we could take the Orioles and like move them to the Central or something, just to put a little bit of. Oh, I don't know. Just give the Orioles another year too. They got that stuff coming. They're going to be fun. You're all in on Rushman um, right now. You know what? I'm kind of in on the Orioles. I think that's going to be my American League team this year. I've kind of known it too because I've got some college players I know, mm-hmm. and it's sort of. And I like Rutschman a lot. That's my guy. Somebody said the Saban sauce is available at all Alabama's Jacks loca- Alabama I Jacks bet locations. Bet it is. Mama, there's Coach Saban's sauce. It's going to be good. Uh, so the other game on campus over the weekend, men sixty nine sixty one Mississippi State, just offensive futility in in this game six of 40 from three for the two teams combined and that's even with a couple going in late it was worse than that at one point um <laughs> i mean because one of them was dj jeffries basically throwing the ball off the top of the backboard and somehow it went in and with kind of the dagger when the game was right, still right, kind of that was the dagger it was it and i night, mean night. that kind of showed where everything is at right now was that it, it looked like he was playing horse and somehow it went in and that was 
that was that because that ball should never have gone in the hoop. I was watching it as it went in, and I said, I don't know how that happened. That well, because he even kind of like left his hang. I'm like, oh, stop! No, yeah. no, 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 no! You don't get to do that. You uh, don't get to brag on that one. No, you just laugh at that one. Look, oh, we don't need to get into minutia. It doesn't. They matter. can't score. They can't shoot. They were twenty of sixty-two from the field. Thirty-two percent. I think one for eight in overtime. They didn't score the last two fifty-eight. No field goals the last two fifty-six, missing their last six. State had nineteen turnovers. State went one point nine minutes and forty some odd seconds without scoring a field goal and still won the game. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, what else you need? I mean, some of the young reporters on the beat, guy about to have an old man moment, are trying too hard. Bust their hearts. Credit to them. They're trying harder than I'm trying. I, I think I've just seen it for a while now, and I kind of know where we are, and I kind of know what's coming in 16 days, 17 days, and we're just sort of counting the days until then. There's a bigger story. What, what do you do post this? I have. I keep getting asked by people, is there any chance they keep Kermit? And my answer is, if there is, I'm not getting that vibe at all. Because if you were going to try to salvage this and run it back, the PR campaign would have to start above him, and it would need to have started by now. You would need somebody above him saying it's not that bad. Just a lot of bad luck. This guy's coming in. This is still this. have a ton of confidence, and and I don't get that from anyone. And you you talk to more people over there than I do. I don't think you're getting that either. No, I'm I'm aware of one person with some influence who supports him, and that is yeah. And I was told that person will likely not try to get in the way. I mean, yeah. You know. The numbers are what the numbers are. They're two and twelve in the league a year after going four and fifteen in the league, including a tournament loss. Do the math. It's hard to sell that. What was the attendance? What did it look like? <sighs> it was okay. The state brought I'd guess a thousand people. And they were loud. They were loud late. It was the loudest that it got. They did that maroon white chant. Pretty loud at the end and some one of their writers was asking about it. That was a weird thing. The writer kept asking Jans about winning a rivalry game and and about their fans making noise. And you could tell he was like, I don't "Well, because they wrote a story basically going how Jans has taken over the rivalry." And I was like, "Hold on, it, oh, it no, he didn't. It, it can. It, it, did you see that? Yeah, no. Next year it could go the completely the other way. Right. Like it. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, Jans to his credit did not <laughs> want to answer that. It's like. Uh, um. Yeah, he was like, "Well, I mean, it was just overtime, you know. I mean, I, what are you? It was we not too. happy for our fans, you know, that they got to celebrate. Yeah, blah blah blah. But yeah, he's trying to get in the NCAA tournament somehow, some way, and they were a millisecond away. You know, I mean, if Ole Miss gets a better possession and Matt doesn't slip, maybe makes a shot. That's the end of that. As it is, states playing for something this week, next week, and that's what you want." Yeah, that's that's what you want. What you're trying to get is, hey, let's have meaningful basketball at the end of February. Yeah. That's what you want. Where fans show up and go, hey, if we win. Yeah. Where it, it matters. Where it's 
We'll obviously hit a lot more college basketball tomorrow, but just quickly from uh, the Saturday around the league, Alabama just beat the absolute hell out of Georgia, 108-59. There Alabama played pissed off. Yeah. They'd had, I'm guessing. They th- had that game in Knoxville. and I'm guessing Thursday and Friday in Tuscaloosa was not fun. Yeah, Mike walked into the wrong building on Saturday, For sure. and that was that. Was that. Uh, Kentucky sweeps Tennessee. Tennessee's weird. If you told me Tennessee lost in the second round, I would not be at all blown away. I'm not sure I wouldn't expect it. I mean, they just can't score. But Kentucky now, Saturday, after going to Startville and winning, they kind of looked the part on Saturday. 66-54 at Rupp over Tennessee. They led by 20 at the half. And, and the Vols can't score enough to make that a no. game late. They got back to within 10, I think. But, yeah, no, that was interesting. They are so bad, and I get LSU is horrid. But credit South Carolina. They've played really hard this season for a team that first-year coach trying to build anything there in Frankly, Columbia. Frankly, the last three weeks or so, they haven't been so bad. No, they've been okay. Yeah. 82-73 in Baton Rouge against a hapless Tigers team. That's awful. LSU comes to Oxford Saturday night. 7.30 tip, I think, on that. I mean, LSU's 12-15, and 1-13 and 13 in the SEC. Yeah. 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 I know. Think of me. Arkansas blasted Florida in Fayetteville, uh, 84-65. Florida's obviously without Colin Castle, yeah. then a different team. He's it, out it, for the year. Um, it's a shame because he's one of the better guys in the league. I, I like Colin mm-hmm. a lot. Um and then for Arkansas, what was interesting was that he, he, you can tell Musselman's like, okay, I'm out of time. I'm going to give this a go. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He put Smith in the starting lineup, put Ricky Council the fourth in that six man role that he thrived in at Wichita. And for at least one night, it worked. They got 26 from Graham. And it kind Graham of- was really, really good. They took advantage of the backup mm-hmm. center, which is what you're supposed to do. But the Smith thing, and, and there were moments when Smith looked like a lottery pick. Yeah. And so if he can put more of those moments together, they have a chance. Well, their net's 19. Yeah. I mean, as long as they don't just completely lose out, they're going to get in the tournament. Yeah. And there'll be, a, there'll be a wild card tournament team. They could lose the first round. They could make the Sweet 16. Missouri slipping a good bit, but they played it pretty well. They just ran into a buzzsaw in A&M in Columbia on Saturday. A&M 69-60 in, uh, in Como over the Tigers. A&M now 12-2 in the SEC. Yeah, if you told me a team other than Bama made the Sweet 16, it's A&M. Yeah. With before, I don't even think about it. Kobe Brown went for 24. Missouri played pretty well. It just A&M and Tennessee played this week. Hmm. Sign me up. And then credit in the world to Jerry Stackhouse. Vanderbilt winning on a last-second shot against Auburn uh-huh. in Nashville. Uh-huh. Um, I guess Richard had the call because I think I heard him on the broadcast on Saturday. Vanderbilt now 8-6. and six. They've got like four quad ones. Their, their net's still like 85 because they were so freaking bad early, but you don't want to mess with them right now. No. That's not who you'd want to run into. They, and they Since got, Robin's got healthy. They, they've got a chance because the committee could look at them in different ways. They've got a chance. Now, they have no margin for error, and they got to keep winning. But if they do, and the committee goes, hey, this team with Robbins is a tournament team. Crazier stuff now. If they go 3-1 and one the rest of the way, they'd be 11-7 and seven in the SEC. Yep. And all three of those are winnable. 
They're at LSU. Win. Florida at home. Win. They go to Rupp, and then they play Mississippi State at home. Got to win one of those two and probably need to win You got to beat State. You can't lose that no, they have to game beat State. to State. I'm, I, they have to beat State. I'm, I'm wondering whether they have to beat Kentucky. And go 4-0. Well, mm-hmm. they do that. That's nine in a row to end the year. And so I just that's where you wonder if someone on the committee, when they're looking for those last teams or a team to send to Dayton, goes, you know what? Since they got their center back, they've been one of the better teams in the country. Talk about winning close games. 74-71, 66-65, 76-65. I mean, it's just – but they're getting them. They're the, they're the team from the W next to it when it's over. So The SEC tournament will be fun on Thursday because you've got a bunch of teams, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Missouri, maybe A&M, maybe – not A&M will play on Friday. Maybe Arkansas that feel like, hey, we really need to win today. That could – I mean, I, I think Auburn's safely in, but, like, Auburn's going to feel like, hey, we need to make sure we don't lose today. We don't We don't want to leave anything for chance. The tournament could be pretty good a day earlier than it's normally pretty good. Mm-hmm. So. Thursday and Friday have a chance to be really entertaining days. I saw it got flagged to us to uh, talk about – we'll talk about it tomorrow. Pete Thamel with a column uh, this morning, the, the tweet – Paragraph is another shift in conference realignment coming, question mark. The sport's uneven economics indicate change is inevitable. ESPN column on how the Pac-12's looming TV deal is an inflection point, both for the league's survival and a fragile landscape. So I'll read it. We'll talk about that tomorrow. As Been talking uh, about ACC for years now, it feels yeah. like. so It's inevitable. I know there's the grant of rights, and but there's a way to block it, a way to break it, I should say. And I just think it's inevitable. Again, you've got people inside these rooms that are like, okay, well, Iowa's making how much? And Ole Miss is making how much? And we're making what? Mm-hmm. And then someone goes, we're going to do this for 10 more years? That's not acceptable. That word's going to get thrown out in meetings where someone at North Carolina, at Virginia, goes, this is, this is unacceptable. Well, what do we do about it? Well, we're going to have to get enough of us agree to break this league up. Some of us go to the Big Ten. Some of us go to the SEC, but let's do it inevitable yeah everybody everybody all figure it out so all right uh more tomorrow we'll again we'll talk more college basketball something will happen between now and then remember uh Ole Miss Arkansas State tomorrow JT Quinn again on the mound for the Rebels against the Red Wolves here in Oxford before Maryland in town over the weekend Ole Miss basketball is who and when where at Auburn eight o'clock Wednesday Okay. LSU in Oxford Saturday, Saturday at 7 30 plenty of tickets available okay so there's that Back with you tomorrow. Have a good day. Enjoy your President's Day, and we will talk to you then.